There is perhaps no line in all of sacred scripture more daunting than the final sentence from our gospel today. So be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. And it's such a daunting line because we are all keenly aware of our own weaknesses and faults, of our own imperfections. So why is Christ giving us this seemingly impossible command to be perfect? Well, when we talk about perfection today, we typically mean flawless. So we might talk about a student getting a perfect score on an exam. It means that they got every answer right. They didn't make any mistakes. They were flawless on the exam. But Jesus is not commanding us to be flawless because perfection has another meaning. In the Greek word we translate as perfection, teleos, it doesn't mean flawless, it means complete. It means um, fulfilled, you know, whole and fully grown. In this sense, to be perfect, a thing must realize fully the purpose for which it has been made. So when we're called to be perfect, we must come to the fullness uh, of, and, and to fully realize the purpose that we've been made. What, what is that? What's the reason we're here? What's the purpose of our life? Well, simply to know and love God here below and be happy with him forever in the next life. And the key word there is love, or if we want to be more precise, charity. Charity, along with faith and hope, they are theological virtues. They're infused, poured into our soul at baptism. These aren't virtues uh, that we can acquire by our own effort. They're not habits that we can give ourselves. They're virtues that God bestows on us. And they enable us to believe in him, to hope in him, and to love him. Charity is the key. You know, St. Thomas Aquinas said that uh, the perfection of the Christian life, again, not in the sense of flawless, but in the sense of completed, the perfection of the Christian life consists radically in charity. That word radical, it, it can mean like an extremist, but it can also mean rootedness, something coming from a root. So our perfection consists in a life that is rooted completely and totally in charity. In the, that virtue which enables us to love God above all else and our neighbor as ourselves. That is the perfection of the Christian life, to have a life totally rooted and founded on love of God and neighbor. God gives us this divine virtue, right? But we must cooperate to enable its growth. We must cooperate with his grace so that we can one day truly have this virtue at the root and foundation of our life. And this means we must seek to direct our heart habitually to the Lord so that nothing in our life is contrary to the love of God. To do that, we need to remove from our life sin, sin which is an obstacle to the love of God. You know, Christ tells us, if you are my friends, you will keep my commands. It means we must live a life of deep prayer and frequenting the sacraments. And it also means we must love our neighbor. We can't separate the love of God 
from the love of neighbor. In fact, the great sign that the love of God is increasing in our life, that the theological virtue of charity is more and more the root and foundation of our life, is that we love our neighbor. You know, Christ's words in our gospel, they are easy to admire about loving our neighbor, but they're very hard, very difficult to live. Jesus doesn't expect us to be flawless, yet in asking us to love our enemies, he is giving us a very difficult task. You know, our gospel begins with the famous words from the law of Moses, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. And this axiom was given to the Israelites as a way of moderating, limiting punishment and retribution to the amount of the harm caused. Yet Jesus is calling us to go against this instinct to seek to settle the score. He's calling us to love our neighbor so much that we're willing to turn the other cheek, that we're willing to bear insults out of love for God and neighbor. And it doesn't stop there. He calls us to be generous, generous with our property, generous with our time, to not refuse to help our neighbor. The perfection of the Christian life consists radically in charity, a life rooted and grounded in the love of God and neighbor. And the great sign that this is happening in our life is if we love our neighbor. But this is difficult. We are all quite capable of nurturing resentment in our hearts, uh, contempt, holding grudges, seeking to get payback. We are all capable of petty rivalry, I would even dare say hatred. The love of neighbor isn't easy, but here is the deal. Being perfect means arriving at the end when all is said and done, arriving at the goal and purpose of our life, the purpose for which we're made. This life then is a journey and it has to begin somewhere. And if we are struggling to love those we don't like, those who annoy us, those who get under our skin, maybe even those we consider enemies, then we need to start somewhere. And a good place to start is to pray for our neighbor, to pray for those who annoy us, who get under our skin, who aggravate us, to pray for those that we hold grudges with, to pray not that they change, not that they do what we want, but that God may bless them. And we ought to pray for ourselves that we can let go of past hurts, that we can love our neighbor as God loves them. God who loves them, our neighbor so much that he became a man and died for them as he did for us. To pray regularly and sincerely for others, it's a step towards arriving at the end, the goal, the perfection of the purpose we are created for. It's a step towards fulfilling our Lord's command to be perfect. So as we continue with Mass, let's pray that God may grant us an increase in charity, an increase in love in our hearts, so that we can love God and neighbor as we ought, so that one day it can be said of us that our life consists radically in charity, that our life is rooted and founded on the love of God and neighbor.